Welcome to another Gorilla Strength podcast. I am one half of your podcasting duo, JT Donahue, aka Viking Power Jim, aka the Golden Voice. I'm Scott Lamb, Vanilla Gorilla Strength Athletics. That's that Golden Voice for you. <laughs> coming too clear. Coming, coming at you loud and clear. Yep. From sunshiny Florida, where it's dreams are made here right now. A little colder this week, though. You know what? Everyone, all these, all these motherfuckers that have moved from New York and these cold fucking places in the past, uh, in the past two years, there's been like a hundred thousand of them mm-hmm. bitching about the weather right now. In the meantime, I'm like fucking not wearing underwear and just free balling it because it feels good to not be sweating my dick off the second I walk outside. Yeah. All you fucks it's, can go uh, back. But but I know Sunday here, I'm Central Florida, like the lows in the 20s. So for Florida, it's like, what? Fucking lo- What's going on here? I will be outside in my backyard, lighting <laughs> a fucking fire in my underwear, running around that bitch. <laughs> Which I guess from what's going up north, you know, it's probably nothing. But down here, people are like freaking out and shit. I, aren't they getting like the, what do they call it, the nor'easter or whatever? It's like it's like know. it's like a hurricane that basically is all frozen. Well, and then we have different shit that happens in Florida. Like true story, and I know it happens down there with you, but where the, the iguanas are falling out of the trees and shit. <laughs> There's <laughs> <laughs> it's like raining iguanas. Like before they have a cold front, it's all over the news. Like iguana, yeah. um, iguana watch. Like how they have hurricane yeah. watches, they got iguana watches. Because I guess what happens is. A lot of them aren't aren't necessarily dead yet. They just like become right. super immobile because they're cold blooded and it's cold as shit. So they're right. just laying in trees and like. I remember Fall seeing a, a video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a a bad like horror movie because it's shot on someone's phone, and you, yeah. just, you just see these iguanas fucking falling out of trees. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even seem real, dude. These families just like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what do we do now? Yeah, it was literally on the news, and I've seen it before. But they're like, yeah, it's rain. It'll be raining iguanas. I'm like, what? Yeah, like it's so bizarre, man. That's Florida problems, right? Yeah, there, that's that's very specific that's Florida South Florida problems. Yes. Look at it, because you guys yeah. don't have iguana problems, do you? No, not like not like you guys do. No, <laughs> your cows yeah, might so freeze over. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange, man. <laughs> like it's a first world Florida problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So you got that going on. Um, <laughs> between raining and uh, that, that kind of screwed training this past weekend, it rained literally rained all day, like sheet rain, cold. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just fucking, it's been bizarre, man. Because so you never know in Florida, like, sometimes it'll be literally January, it'll be in the 80s or 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just don't ever know yeah, what to expect. Yeah, we're coming off of, like, a 84-degree Christmas or something like that, yeah. at least for me. And it's just like... Yeah. So to think that was not a fucking month ago, and now, <laughs> not, now I got to scrape icicles off of my car. It makes no sense. Kind of bizarre. <laughs> and I mean, I am kind of not really in the middle of the state, but I'm kind of far from the coast. So I get that mm-hmm. I'm automatically like five degrees cooler and drier than uh, than the coast. Right. Kind of like you guys. Yeah, we're dead. We're like dead center of the state, kind of, you know, down the down the state and across the state. We're like. Central Central Florida. <laughs> so yeah, it's been kind of weird, man. But what do you do? It could be worse for sure. Um, you know, they they say you you only want to be in snow for about a week, and then you get tired of it, and 
right. want to come back home. I can see why, for sure. <laughs> well, if you've been keeping up with the uh, the the podcast's social media, then you'll know, or I mean, not just us, but anywhere on social media and any kind of strength, anything, you'll know, unfortunately, Bud Jeffries has uh, passed away. Um, and I think his... I don't know if this will be out by then, but this Saturday is his uh, is it funeral or no, it's actually next. It'll be next Saturday, not this coming Saturday. Saturday, but next Saturday. I believe it's February 5th, I believe. Okay. Um, and for so, and for those that don't know, like Bud did live in my town. I've known Bud a very long time. Uh, he's from Lakeland, Florida as well. And um, I heard about it last Friday from a friend of mine and didn't know any details at all so obviously i didn't say anything to anybody and obviously i'm you know wasn't going to post about it or nothing like that until um his wife did come out uh the next day and said that uh from according to her post she had walked outside to check on him um he was outside training as anybody that ever followed bud knows that he trained outside yeah like a madman and um (laughs) I guess she had walked out to check on him and he was unresponsive and she performed CPR on him for quite a while to the medics got there and they, they couldn't revive him. Um, I think she was speculating, I don't know if it was like a heart attack or a stroke. Like, I don't know really the details, so I don't really want to speak much on that, you know? Sure. Um, but just a, definitely a blow, you know, to the strongman community. And I tell you what, man, just seeing how many people were tied, you know, Bud had ties to is it's insane. Like yeah. anybody in the strength industry has, you know, had, was posting about Bud. Man, it was just crazy the reach that he had, you know, throughout the years. Um, and you know, he talked about it on you know one of our podcasts. I, you know, we were fortunate enough to have him on, and you know, Bud did stuff a, a lot of unconventional stuff, but was a, a actually a very very smart guy. Yeah. Um, uh, he was also like a massage therapist. Like uh, he had he had a lot of stuff that he did, man, and. uh he was good at a lot of stuff, man. Just a great guy. Um, very close with his wife. He was, uh, his wife, Heather, I know they were married for a very long time. Um, unfortunately they had lost their son a few years ago to a motorcycle accident. Um, I attended that funeral. It was one of the, probably one of the roughest ones I'd ever been to. He was very, uh, a young guy, uh, very, uh, strong kid in his own right too. had, uh, you know, I think Bud talked about it on the podcast. Um, his son Noah was, uh, he's in like record books for like the youngest kid to ever bend like a red nail. And anybody knows anything about steel bending and nail bending knows that's pretty damn impressive, especially for a 15 year old. So, uh, you know, they were, they were deep in the strength game, man, like across the board with anybody you could think of, they knew who Bud was, you know? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Uh, that was a shock to me for sure. I mean, I would speak with Bud on and off throughout the years. Um, he did. He does a lot of charity work, and his son has. A, they have a charity in his son's name called Noah's Army. They're really big on um, um, organ donor and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that was a big passion of uh, Bud and Heather's. So I'm sure that that will continue on um, in Noah and in Bud's name. You know. So and like I said, he just had a lot of ties to the strength community throughout the years. Uh, Old time strong men, um, like even you know like some circus type strongman stuff and um you know just you know it's one good thing i will say about social media because sometimes i kind of harp on social media sometimes but the one good thing is just that you know a lot of his stuff will live on a lot easier through you know his instagram channel and facebook and the youtube and all the stuff that he did he also he wrote a ton of books with people like very high-end people in the strength industry a lot of you know grip specialty stuff and uh functional stuff he 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 he, he was in the strength game. I mean, he, he's definitely a person that really lived it. You know what I mean? Like he just didn't talk about it and he really lived that, uh, that life, man. Yeah. Um, speaking of social media, for those of you that listen to us or I, well, I assume you listen to us if you're listening to this, um, that did share, you know, his episode and stuff like that. We want to thank you because it's not so much like, Scott said, 
it's not so much we're trying to get out there as like we're doing our part to make sure his memory and his uh legend and his you know how smart he was and the stuff that he did continues on especially in this technological era where it's a lot easier to do so so we just want to probably the only time we'll thank you so (laughs) thank you very much for that yeah absolutely and you know it's we could care less about views and or listens on stuff like that like but you know definitely i think it's important to keep guys memory like that alive you know that really cared about the sport and cared about just strength in general and uh did actually a lot man i mean the people reaching out to bud like i mean anybody you can think of like i said chris duffin and just all these guys jailhouse strong all these guys are deep in the sport and everybody knew bud everybody respected bud and uh it's just you know very sad to see him go he was only 48 years old um and and honestly you know bud was a big guy but if you watch his training you'll see very clearly how in shape he was cardio wise strength wise i mean across the board he would bury me in basically <laughs> anything you know what i mean he really would i mean he was just a very strong guy great cardiovascular shape so um, there again, I, I don't know the specifics of what happened, um, but definitely I, I, can, I can't imagine how many people will turn out for his memorial. And uh, aside from the strength game, you know, locally, just everybody liked Bud, man. They loved Bud. He was a great dude. He was, you know, not a mean bone or malicious bone in his body. I've never seen Bud angry myself. Yeah. And I've been around, been around Bud quite a you know, bit throughout the years. He was just a nice guy, man. And would you know you, you hear people say it all the time you know that guy would give you the shirt off his back bud would definitely do that like a hundred percent um he was a big influence on a lot of the guys even around here scott weech heavyweight pro pro powerlifter he was a, definitely a big influence on uh his strength career um that bud was around him you know young age i can remember when i first started come i didn't get into the strength game until later but uh bud was already you know doing crazy stuff. You know, he had been doing crazy stuff for a long time <laughs> and just, you know, his whole life. I mean, he just lived that life his whole life, man. So right there again, you know, I can't say it enough. It's just a sad, sad deal, you know, and he, he was, he took, you know, he, he got a lot of shit online for doing stuff. And he talked about that in a podcast, you know, like, yeah, I can remember him saying like, well, what would you rather see somebody squat something or somebody squat something on fire? He did it for like, <laughs> you know, a lot of entertainment. Yeah. purposes and the dude had fun with it man he had a great time he loved doing what he was doing he did a ton of charity work through churches and you know, anti-bullying stuff that he was doing that stuff way before it was popular like it is now you know what i mean like he yeah. was doing that shit years ago and um and honestly he you know tread uh bud traveled all over the world uh doing exactly what he wanted to do so you know you gotta you gotta love that and respect that you know what i mean not a lot of people can say can say that you know what i mean that they lived their whole life doing exactly what they wanted to do it but for sure absolutely it's a sad sad day for the strength community and yeah i mean like you said just as a human being and what he did how he was i mean i think i i think you can kind of tell that just in his in his posts and stuff and obviously the podcast and shit he did so yeah and and, and, you know, another thing is, is I, I kind of, and this is my opinion on Bud and the way he thought is, I don't think he cared what anybody thought. You know, <laughs> if he liked shit to do, he would just post it and he could care less, man. He'd be like, oh, this is what I like to do. You know what I mean? So yeah, you got to respect that too, man. He did everything he wanted to do. And, and trust me, some of the stuff he would do is just, it was insane. If you go back and, <laughs> I mean. It was insane? I mean, how because yeah. not only what he did and but like that he was able to do it does that does that make sense yeah. like like the shit he was like shooting an arrow upside down on fire with like a, a yes. weight and like a a hand. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's i mean just I think insane what's crazy about him is how mobile he was like bud could he'd be 300 plus pounds doing splits like it's nothing like incredibly mobile and flexible and i'm just like man that was just <laughs> some of it just didn't make sense you know for a big guy like that 
but uh was incredibly athletic man and um you know was a, a super skilled marksman and i don't know who you know who knows it about noah noah was like an expert marksman like sniper precision crazy you know just could shoot and bud could too and, you know like some of the videos with axe throwing and knives <laughs> and just all this crazy shit man like but uh, um i think in, in a way he kept a lot of that alive because a lot of that stuff is kind of going by the wayside you know as far as mainstream and you see this guy like driving nails with his hand through boards popping balloons and why he's staying, you know, doing a handstand, you know, like you said, he would just put all this crazy stuff together and it's not like you would go and like, well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But just to see it done, it's like, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Especially if you know anything about strength. Now he would get flamed on social media, like by trolls and shit. And he would just laugh. Dude. He, yeah. he just thought it was funny, man. He didn't care. He could care less. <laughs> he could care less what any of them thought. It, you no, actually, you know, no, what's no. Funny is the last time I saw that kind of strong, like circus straw man, we'll call it, where he's driving nails through boards and stuff like that. Besides Bud was a old, old school documentary called Strong Man mm-hmm. about this guy. Oh, I remember Big that guy. John or some shit like that. And I, I remember that. It was about his life and he like uh, was trying to be like a performing strong man and... Just, Bro, that guy was weird, though. Yeah, he, there was something off about him because he, like, where he lived and stuff was just... Oh, dude, so weird. And then he was definitely off mentally, but... Yeah, to say the, to say <laughs> just, the least. Just to be nice. But, you know, uh, some of the stuff dude. he did was pretty impressive, too, so... I'll, I'll be honest with you, and Bud knew that guy, by the way. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> And said that he was a legit – I remember asking him about it. I was like, do you know the guy? He's like, yeah. And said he was a legit steel bender, you know, and stuff like that. And that's just a whole different art. You know what I mean? Like that's art in itself, you know, guys that are nail benders and steel benders. and That's just old school strongman. And uh, there's still like, you know, clubs and societies that keep that stuff going. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, I know uh, that Jed Johnson is like one of the – yeah, I would say in America, you know, he, he's got to be – he's way up there on the grip game. And uh, I know that he had written books, I believe, with Bud. Bud Bud wrote or co-wrote a ton of books. Like somebody was talking about Bud the other day. We were talking about it. And they were like, yeah, didn't he write a book? I'm like, no, dude. He wrote tons of books throughout the years. Yeah. Um, he was a smart guy, man. And, uh, you know, like I said, just tied into a lot of different stuff. Um, I remember when, when Terry Todd passed away – you know, it was like all the elite of the elite went to his funeral, but Jeffries was there. You know what I mean? Like it was like that he was really tied into the who's who of strongman. So, like I said, it, yeah, I don't know if there'll ever be another one like him. And just like I said, just a nice, caring guy. Never saw that guy angry. Um, and and Bud was incredibly strong, especially like I said with grip stuff and stuff like that. So. As I mentioned before, he's a massage therapist. I have a lot of problems with my elbows and stuff. I'd get Bud to come to my gym and work on me. Oh, my God, dude. Like, that guy grabbed hold of you, and, like, he knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? But you knew he had a hold of you. I'll tell you that right now. It wasn't. <laughs> you know, guy had muscles on muscles just in his hands. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not you're not bending steel and stuff like that for no reason. You know what I mean? That dude was – he was a strong guy, man. So, very sad to hear that you know my whole gym uh new bud you know for the most part and uh, yeah i know it's memorial i think it'll be i think you'll probably hear some really cool stories but you know it's definitely going to be a sad day um but definitely you know we're all going to go out and pay respects to bud for sure and uh hopefully everybody can you know if his if his wife needs help you know um I know that they'd had a lot of loss in their family. If I if I remember right, Bud lost his father not too long ago. So her father-in-law, I believe she lost her father, I believe, not too long ago as well. And not to mention their son a few years ago and now her husband. So pretty, pretty, you know, feel pretty sad for Heather. And um, I think the strength community will come out of the woodworms to help her, though, in my opinion, because uh, just because he knew so many people and had, um, you know, such an you know, outreach with people and um i think hopefully the the community will step up and i think that they will for her yeah i mean 
if there's anything that we any like I go fund me's or anything like that, you know, we'll be sure to mm-hmm. share it with everyone else. <clears throat> yeah, and I've yet to hear of anything like that yet. I know she made a couple posts on his uh I believe on his Facebook and uh, I saw the stuff that she posted on his Instagram. Yeah. Um just kind of explaining briefly what happened and um I tell you it was a, it was a pretty cool story cuz Bud was heavily involved with uh some high school weightlifting teams as well, some girl teams, and they had to basically had to compete the next day. They didn't have to, they decided to. And out of, you know, um, in Bud's uh, memory, so they competed, and I believe that they won that comp the next day. So that was, you know, Bud would have been happy as hell. You know what I mean? For sure. A uh, whole team of girls that he was, and he was passionate, man, with helping people. I know Bud would help a lot of the elderly as well. Um, he just, man, he just outreached to a lot of people, young people, old people. He didn't care. Like if you want to get stronger, he could help you. He would help you, man. Like, uh, I'd asked him about, uh, you know, some grip stuff before. And he, he comes to my gym and brings me some stuff, you know, from that he had at his house. He's like, Hey man, just, just try this, use this. Uh, and a lot of this stuff would be very unconventional as Bud was, you know what <laughs> I mean? But it, when you thought about it, you know, what well, did make sense. It was just unconventional. So, and it did work. So. Um, yeah, just, yeah, crazy, man. I, like I said, I feel bad for, definitely feel bad for Heather and, um, you know, no substitute for time, man. I don't know how it'll ever get easier, but, uh, uh, you know, life goes on, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, I mean, however you want to look at it, but it's just the way it is. So, uh, yeah, it's a real kick in the dick reminder that this, uh, <laughs> and not to get too serious because I can't even take myself serious, but um, that this, you know, journey, if you will, that we're on is is kind of short lived. So, you know, live it yeah. up while you can, because tomorrow could be the last one. So, yeah, I mean, you just never know. And, um, you know, I know Bud had uh, he had publicly put that, you know, he had COVID not too long ago. So I don't know if that's tied into anything. You know, who knows? I don't know if, if they'll do any kind of medical examination or autopsy or whatever. I have no idea. I, and I at think the end of the day, I don't have to because they, you know, and this is going to get kind of grim, but like to give the death mm-hmm. certificate to his mm-hmm. wife because she, she's unfortunately, I, I've had to deal with stuff like this before is like you got to get that death certificate to close a lot of shit out and to, right. you know, so. Yeah, and and you know it, that may bring some answers to her, but the end result's the same. You know what I mean? Say, Unfortunately, it doesn't. You know. It doesn't really matter what what caused it. Um, but I know that you know, all in all, Bud was a pretty healthy dude, man. He was a big guy, but took care of himself. Like I said, if anybody that watched his uh, his training, you know that the guy was in shape, man. So just one of those things, you know. I don't, you know, some people are like, whenever it's your time, it's your time, and that could be true, and you never know. Yeah. So. Now you fucks well, better I mean, get that fucking workout in. <laughs> yeah. Let's get off the couch. No, no get fucking, uh, oh, I'll just wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Speaking no of cheeseburger diet. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, all right? <laughs> Speaking of fucking working out, you know what I've been seeing lately in these fucking gyms and shit is uh people being almost too respectful of the weights and equipment and like like they're they're going the squat they do what they have to and then when they go to put it in put it back on the rack they like just gently like curtsy with it and and gently put it back and i'm just sitting there like i've (laughs) I've never heard of such thing i'm sitting there like dude be disrespectful as fuck. Run into that fucking rack if you have to, and let that bitch just drop into the holders because that that weight doesn't give a flying fuck about you. <laughs> yeah, that it, it now, this is, weighs forty five pounds or whatever, and it's gonna drop the same. It doesn't hold up on you. This is obviously commercial gym behavior because I have never seen such. <sighs> yeah, well, that actually, some of my my private clients if you will tried that shit and i was like no 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 i don't yeah. care about that barbell you're not gonna break it because you're not strong enough but 
you're just <coughs> not like just literally run into that fucking rack and let it drop. You never, you never know what you're gonna see, man. I it's, mean, it's fun. <laughs> I will, I will admit that sometimes it's fun as much as I hate it. Straight, straight people watching, man. Which you know, my place is very small, very niche. You know, so we don't get to see any of that. Which, and I'm, I'm glad to be honest. With you. Like, <laughs> I sit, I listen, and I, I do got some clients and. So people that come in that go to a commercial gym as well. Yeah. And so they'll, I live through that too. They'll tell me stories and I'm like, this is why there's no way in hell I could go. There. You know what I mean? Like, and if it's for people, fine. It's just not for me. Yeah. Uh, actually, some of the shit I've seen recently is, uh, I've seen this one guy go up on like those dip pull up station without the assistance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, flip upside down and do some sort of like humping thing. Oh, that's, and then, I mean, that's good. And then I mean, drops off like he's hot shit. And it's like this older awesome. dude. It's just like, uh, getting in some thrust. <laughs> one of my favorites was yeah, this yeah. older guy on the, uh, calf raise machine with the one that, uh, sits on your shoulders. Oh yeah. Like a donkey tight raise type thing. Yeah. And, uh, he was getting after something. He wasn't doing no calf raises. He was doing some aggressive hip thrusting. <laughs> so I, I don't know if the missus told him he needs to get more aggressive with it or what, but uh, yeah. he was getting gotta after put, it. Got to put the hips in there, dude. <laughs> he he was all hips. <laughs> like I said, man, I don't – I can't imagine. I can't imagine working there. I mean, I got buddies that work at commercial gyms, too, and you hate to harp on some of that shit, man, but it's – dude, it's just – the stuff that goes on in some of these places, man. I think it's a bunch of blind leading the blind, man. I mean, I thought it was bad when I would only uh, <laughs> only be there for you know two hours working out or whatnot, and then either yeah. you're there for a long longer period of time, and you just see it's like clockwork. You just see some yeah. shit that surprises you or is worse than what you thought could be possible. Seeing too much. <laughs> exactly. Wish I could erase half of it out of my brain. Yeah, man. It's especially know. the way you work out. Well, you know. People might look at what I do and be like, man, look at this idiot. <laughs> I've only speaking, ever seen you do uh, hip thrusts and glute bridges. Well, sometimes I'll do wrists and ankles <laughs> just to get those going. It's on Fridays only, wrists and ankles. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh i'd like a uh comprehensive programming to uh strengthen my ankles and my wrist please i'm gonna write one of those ebooks for it fifteen dollars wrist and ankles <laughs> you, you know what man <laughs> don't be fuck with me because i will <laughs> it could be on it's, it's not that hard so yeah i'm uh i got you know as far as Shit like that goes. I'm trying to get my training underway. I'm I'm so far behind right now on Arnold training because of just shit I've been going through. I had some shoulder issues, you know, kind of leading into something else here. But it's like uh, <laughs> kind of behind the the eight ball here on training. So I got to trying to pick up my my workload here over the next week. So and, uh, what's your? I I think uh, we didn't plan this topic, but. What, how, what's your idea? I mean, you can't make up time obviously, but you know, obviously yeah. we get, we get and life happens. Cause for 99% yeah. of us, this is not a job. Um, how are, how uh, do life, you life. try to catch up to where you need to be? Um, I mean, you know, some of it, you know, like I said, I couldn't do any overhead press and I had a really weird thing. I don't know. I don't know if I don't even remember if we talked about this last week, but I literally had woke up and my shoulder was just like locked up. Like I couldn't even move, put my hand above my shoulder. I don't know if I slept on it wrong and something got out of place. I've never had this happen before. And of course, you know, guys are general, oh, you're getting old. I'm like, bitch, <laughs> I, I, I've been older for a while. It ain't got nothing to do with that shit, but it literally took me almost three weeks so I could do no overhead pressing. So I'm definitely behind on that. Um, it, whatever it was kind of went back in place after about three weeks. So I'm back, you know, pressing now, but like you said, you know, there's no, 
no substitute for time on stuff like that. I've lost at least three weeks as far as overhead pressing and just other stuff going on. So um, the way I'm going about this myself is that I'm just kind of playing the percentage game. I got, you know, all the, um, the events and the, the weights, and I'm just kind of trying to build my percentages up to get to comp weight, you know what I mean, over the next couple of weeks. I will say, you know, strongman specifically, I mean, this might not pertain to the Arnold because it is a heavy fucking show for mm-hmm. everyone. But, you know, it's, it is not like a, a power lifting, if you will, where it's like, all right, you're trying to get that one rep max. So mm-hmm. it can be forgiving in that sense of, okay, I don't have to, you know, max out my, my, my log, my yoke, um, farmers and whatever else it's, it's mm-hmm. all right. I can, I know this is what I got to hit and that's what I have to do. Right, and that could work both ways. I mean, obviously, the heavier the show, the higher level the show. Yeah, those maybe be your max or above your max. So, um, I, I think definitely that can work to your advantage sometimes, to where it forces you mentally and physically to get stronger. Um, and you know, I kind of go back to when I first started. Uh, you started training with Scott Weech and then back in the day, and uh, Weech was obviously a heavyweight guy and you know, I'm a 200 so he would make some of this shit that was so heavy like I remember when I learned on stones the lightest stone we have is a 222 that's what I learned on <laughs> and you know what I mean because that's just the way it was and I didn't we, we didn't think nothing about it because there were no you know you didn't see people with 100 pound stone or these trainer yeah. stones you didn't there the shit didn't exist then um same thing he had a log made um he brings it over. It's it weighs two Oh two unloaded. I'm like, at the time, I don't even think I could press 200 pounds. I'm like, well, and we just basically <laughs> like, well, you got to get stronger and it forces you to get there quicker. In my opinion, you know what I mean? You want to press that log? Well, <laughs> you better work to be a lot stronger than right now. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of that's gone away. You know what I mean? Like, uh, because now you have just increments of anything you want as far as stone logs, you got trainer logs, you've got, you know, logs that, you know, most of the, the empty logs now are, you know, 100 pounds, you know, 105, whatever. So you can take a lot longer if you need it, you know. Um, I think that aspect kind of, I kind of miss that sometimes, you know what I mean? Like just the, the simplicity of it back then is that was the answer, get stronger. And it still is, you know, you just have a lot other ways to go about it now. I, I'm with you on, you know, we'll call it the, I'll call it the old school mentality of, well, you're either strong enough to do it or you're not, but that's where you got to get to do it. And it gave you something to kind of really work on outside of yes. that. And 100%. Uh, we, listen, we, we've both been doing this shit. We both know you can't max out every week, but <laughs> when you're trying to lift that fucking log, like you just kind of just got after it. Yeah, and like I said, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about that. And, and a lot of times I think people – you would be very surprised of how much stronger you would get if that yeah. was the circumstance. You know what I mean? And when you didn't have that little safety net saying, well, I can just do this lighter log for now. It, it just kind of made you – just seemed like, you know, back then – Try harder. And I'm sure people still train that way. You know what I mean? But for the most part, you know, I, I've been to a lot of strongman gyms and – there's just tons of shit, man. Like, look at look at uh, the old big dog yoke. That thing weighed 475 pounds unloaded. Best best yoke ever made, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But not the not the most ideal thing for a lightweight man or a lightweight woman to learn on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean that's a super heavy yoke, but yeah, it was just you just saw more stuff like that. It seemed like back in the day, but. You know, to, to appeal to the masses, I understand that, you know, they started building stuff and it's every increment you could think of. And that will that will definitely help the sport. But just being able to train like I did back then, like I, I saw the benefits of it. You know what I mean? And as far as like, you know, the way I'm going about this now is, you know, trying to get my percentages up because I'm, I'm, I'm behind is I don't try to go straight to comp weight. You know, I just I don't think that's smart, especially after I had that amount of time off. So, you know, I'll look at 80% of the comp weight, 85% the next week, you know, just start climbing up to get me hopefully where I will peak the day of that meet. 
And, you know, that's, a, you know, hopefully not being too beat up or, uh, you know, hopefully no injuries or anything, you know, being smart about it to where I can perform that day. And sometimes you miss that mark. You know what I mean? There's going to be days like that too on any level, whether it's a pro level or, you know, you'll have guys that they might have pressed that log two weeks before that and just took too much out of the tank and training and then they get there and they're beating the hell still and, and now, you know, now they're missing the log. It happens. It's happens to everybody. It's happened to me multiple times. Yeah, and um, speaking about recovery and stuff like that, like I know you don't mm-hmm. like this, uh, I'll call it a, a planned deload or whatnot. So how do you mm-hmm. manage, especially now being behind, how do you manage with that? Well, and I think that's where being very smart and honest with yourself on percentages comes into where a lot of times people's ego, I'll see this all the time where they're scheduled, let's say 80% of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they hit that 80% and it's, it's, it's easy. Well, 80% should be easy. So instead they jump the 90% when that, that might not be for a week or two weeks down the road. And to me, it's like you're taking like water out of a glass. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's not having enough time to fill back up before you're taking it back out. So that's, you know, building into percentages you have to be very uh in my opinion kind of patient and honest with yourself and not letting your ego tell you well man that was so easy i'm gonna jump up this week you know knowing that the next week or the two weeks later you're gonna have to do quite a bit heavier and you know especially on deadlifts and stuff like that um, i found myself and obviously i didn't come up with this as people have been doing this forever but i have a lot of uh success with my guys and some of my girls that only pull deadlifts every 14 days and all most of their deadlifts have responded very well to that just because of you know you're squatting heavy you're benching heavy or whatever it is you know you're doing heavy events you know for strongman competitors and uh, as far as powerlifters you know you're doing heavy squats heavy benches accessories and the body's just not quite recovering right and you know deadlifts is you know it, it's they're heavy as hell man so yeah, I started getting a lot of success just pulling people back and then on you know on the on the second week you know on the first week we pull on the second week we might just do good mornings and stuff like that to, to where it's not as much out of the cns you know in my opinion yeah. and uh i've seen it work for a lot of people but um you know going back to just being honest with yourself and letting those percentages build to a you know a max um set you know hopefully the day of the comp where you can perform and and you're okay, you know what I mean? You're recovered enough, and uh, especially in strongman, man, it's, it's definitely harder than, than most of the strength sports. It takes a lot out of you. You know, you're training hard all week doing your your uh, your compound movements, and then, you know, on Saturday or whenever you do events, you, you've got – and some people go at that differently, but, you know, I do events mostly on, you know, Saturdays. That's my event day for me. That's when the schedule works for me. And uh, that takes a lot out of you, you know what I mean? So – um, I've always, and trust me, it took me years to kind of be honest with myself. If, if I did three or four events, you know, heavy as hell on Saturday, my squat day is on Monday. If I get there Monday and I'm beat to hell, I'll scale that thing way back because, you know, for the most part, I'm not going to a squat contest. So yeah, I'm just going to pull those numbers way back. I'm still going to get some work in, but I'm not going to sit there. You know, if I had it in my mind a week before, you know, Hey, I'm going to squat 500 for this amount of reps. I get there today. I'm fried. I'm I'm not going to try to go ahead with that. I'm going to be smart and pull back. And, um, you know, that goes, you know, what you just mentioned earlier about, I kind of don't go with uh, predetermined deloads. You know, if, if I'm still, my curve's still going up and I feel really good, I'm, I'm going to cook <laughs> as long as I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as that fire's hot, I'm going to cook as long as I can. And then when it's, you know, you start feeling bad, you start feeling your, your mindset will usually start slipping a little bit. Uh, your grip is a very good indicator if you're very uh, overtrained or not. The grip is a very good indicator you can use. Can't hold on to shit you could hold on, you know, for the last couple of weeks. And this week, you just can't hold on to it. Pretty good indicator CNS is fried. And you can do research on all that stuff, too. And then, uh, Jamie, uh, look this up for us. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's usually when I'll just, I'll just scale back, get, you know, still, I'm not saying not, I don't train, but I just scale the percentages way back and get my work in. And try to be ready for my event day, which is what is most important at Strongman. So, like, just for example, since we're we're, we're here, would you say you like maybe jump down like twenty percent or a little bit less than that, and then try to do the same amount of work you originally planned? 
that I mean, I think that's uh, that's just dependent. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, if I go in there and I'm just, I can just tell I'm smoked. Yeah. Like, it's just, I'll still try to get my. my mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, I'll still try to get some work in, but it, it just depends on how I feel. You know what I mean? And I, and over the years, the longer you do this, you you know what your body can handle and what it can't, and where you should be. You know what I mean? And I'll be honest with you, I always side on a lighter side if I'm feeling that way. Just get a little bit of volume in, move, you know, shove this blood through three sets of six or whatever it is on squats that day. I do that. I, I still try to hit all my accessory movements because that's not really taking a ton out of me. And then, uh, you know, and I, that's when I'm definitely going to pay as much close attention I can to uh, food, some, you know, my recovery as far as food and uh, water, which I could definitely be better at all the time. And I think you know, everybody falls apart on that here and there, but I definitely could use more discipline on, on dieting and, and water intake and, and I, and I know for sure when I do, I tell a huge difference in my recovery. My recovery is way better. So it's almost like we're right. made out of like 80% water or something like that. Yeah. Shocking. Imagine <laughs> that. Now, now, when you're, if you come into a Monday squat session fried and you know you're fried, you're going to, would you, let's say you had a back squat determined on like a, just a regular bar, would you mm-hmm. encourage or even possibly consider doing a different type of squat, like a box squat on a cambered bar, or, you know, bison bar, mm. or whatever, just so that you're not, mm-hmm. you know, you might feel a little better on it. Or is that just dependent on kind of how you feel, what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like, um, I, I, I tend to do a lot of conjugate type stuff uh-huh. in my training anyway. So I do like switching bars quite a bit. Um, I definitely, um, I think, you know, as far as like box squatting and stuff is pretty useful and strongman anyway to me. Yeah. Um, you know, front squatting off a box, especially if, and, and that kind of, I kind of determine that whether if I've got a stone load or a lot of front heavy loaded stuff in a comp, then I'll tend to try to do a little bit more front squatting and stuff, you know, to kind of, sure. um, yeah, to bring that stuff around, um, so, I mean, I think there's just a lot of variables, you know what I mean? Um, but I try to take a lot of that consideration based on what what events do I have to do, you know what I mean? That'll mm-hmm. kind of determine which way I go with the bars. And um, and usually I, I only like to train for something for myself, only about eight weeks is max for me before I just start getting really burnt out on it physically and mentally. I know some guys will, will run into stuff 12 weeks. Some I've heard even guys going in 14 weeks, 16 weeks. That's just way too much for me. Like, I, I think those are the guys that like have those planned deloads and stuff because mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's no way if you're running hard for eight weeks, like one, you don't have yeah. time to fucking deload and mm-hmm. two, like, well, that's, that's a good point though. That's a good point. As far as, you know, once you get, you know, within three weeks of a comp, I mean, do you need to start backing off? And I, and I do start backing off on my, uh, my compound movements and stuff like that, because I just, because by that time, if my weights are going up, all my percentages are coming up to 90 plus percent on, um, you know, my strongman events, something has to give. So during the week I start scaling all that stuff back. Is that, yeah, I'm sure that makes sense to you. I'm yeah. sure. I, mean, I don't know if that's the same way you go about it. Is that the way you would go about it? As I get closer, the workload tends to uh, come down, especially like you said at that three three week range. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, I don't think I'm going to get <clears throat> necessarily stronger. Or there's not really a whole lot I can do in that three three week range. Besides, right. try to remain injury free and be you know my best possible for a contest. And yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean it. The, the work is done at that point. That's yeah. what I always say. Like the work's done. It's it's about coming in there as as recovered as you can, as healthy as you can. That's you know. And, I think people you know, forget that's a huge part of that too. Is if you're healthy, you're usually better than eighty percent of the people out there. Right, and and you know you're usually going into something. You know, I was pretty messed up going into uh, Masters Nationals this year. I had some pretty bad issues going on. And, you know, I'm, 
I've done this long enough to where I know what I can train through and what I can't. And fortunately enough, I was able to train through what I had going on. Yeah. Uh, I had some sciatic nerve uh, issues going on. I ended up breaking one of my fingers in a sandbag early on in training. <laughs> so I literally trained the whole damn time with a broken finger. That was interesting. And um, I had to tape my fingers together that whole, you know, to even clean a log, it was killing me, man. But you just got to get the shit done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's certain things that you can do, and there's certain, you know, you know, if guys got bad back injuries or whatever, then of course you 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 have to, you got to be smart to pull out of a comp. You know, it's not worth stuff like that. But and you you figure that out as you go, what you can put up with and what you can't. But definitely trying to stay healthy. You know, I I just start backing the stuff off during my week, and you know, because by that time, you know, I'm getting into like I said, pretty damn heavy comp weights you know by that time we're already there you know what i mean we yeah. might have been there two or three weeks already so you definitely gotta give and take on stuff like that now your your training is <laughs> i think i'm gonna hit a nerve here and this is kind of what i was looking to do is mm-hmm. uh like you said off of percentages and stuff and then how you feel but are you under you're using your RPE scale when you're uh when you're training oh and on God. your guys? Uh, <laughs> I cannot do that, man. I and there again, trust me, if people have plan D loads and that works for them, I think that's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no right or wrong to this shit. This is just my opinion of what I do, what I found that works for most people. And RPE, I just I I don't think it works for a lot of people because they're not honest with themselves, you know. I've seen guys, you know, say, oh, this RP is seven, and it like they barely get it for one. I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem I'd, well. Yeah, I'd hate to see what a nine looks like. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of a lot of that shit's ego, man. You have to be very, very. I think it was Mike Tashiers who really brought that to the forefront, and he's a damn good powerlifter, man. A very smart guy. He's like a mathematical genius. Yeah. And I believe I believe he works for NASA, dude. I, I really do. And. You know, that guy's honest with himself. He's he's a world-class powerlifter. That works for him. But I've seen it not work for a lot of people. Well, um, I just have a f- hard time with, like, the numbers. Like, it mm-hmm. – because isn't it off of, like, 12 or – might even be different 10. now. It's usually 10. Usually an 10. RP of 10 with, mm-hmm, that would be, like – the that's, like, the balls to the wall, like, almost PR state shit. And – like I said, I just don't think people, it's very hard for people to be honest with themselves because their ego doesn't want to let them, you so, know, tell the truth. So there might also be different RP scales. Cause I swear to God there, there used to be like there, I, which 10 makes sense to me. I can get behind mm-hmm. 10, but I've mm-hmm. seen 12 and even a 15 one. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. What difference does it make? You know I, what I mean? Well, <laughs> I don't know what 10 out of 15 feels like. If I'm being honest, yeah. I could not give you that at all. Well, listen, I mean, it, it, there again, in my opinion, I've seen a lot of coaches go to this because they don't have to program a specific number and be the bad guy. They can say, okay, JT, you need to do an RP of eight on this. And then you fuck that up and they'd be like, well, that wasn't an eight, JT. That was a 10. You should have known better than that. Well, you, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. a lot of it seemed, seemed lazy on a lot of coaches because they could just write that, you know, that RPE and you have to figure it out. You have to be honest with yourself instead of getting a hard number. And, um, and to be honest with you, man, like I don't, I also, another thing, I don't know how many people believe in this either, but I do. I don't believe in writing these big templates out for people, let's say for the month for strongman. There's too many moving parts in it, in my opinion. Yeah. So that, and there's, there's so many moving parts in strongman as, as far as, and what I mean by that is, your sleep, your your uh, your food, you know, your nutrition, your water intake, your sleep, uh, work, whatever, whatever workload, you know, you, mm-hmm. you got kids, you got family life, all this balance of shit, and a template just doesn't take any of that in consideration. So you get somebody that had two bad days in a row. I've already written out a number for you three weeks ago, and now you're missing this shit so bad because of you know whatever the case is. Mm. And now you got an athlete that's really getting screwed up mentally as well to where they're thinking, well, man, I, you know, I screwed this up. I can't get any of these numbers. So I like to – it's probably not the most efficient way for for a lot of reasons, but I just don't believe in writing all this crap out 
you know, weeks in advance just because it's more efficient or easier for me. And then the athletes getting screwed because it's like, well, Is, you know what I mean? I just think there's too much that I, goes on. I don't like it from my standpoint because I feel like that takes, first of all, that takes way too much time a month that it's so like you're setting Dude, that some up. people do it that way yeah no i i, I hear that um but mm-hmm. in my my dumb brain i don't think my other thing then is like all right are you checking in with your athletes like mm-hmm. do you know how they feel mm-hmm. are you flexible with it because then there's so mm-hmm. many other variables like you said that happen day to day um you didn't sleep that well because you and your wife got in a fight or mm-hmm. your your kid was sick that night. So then, all right, you skip a day, two days, whatever. You get sick, you get COVID, all right, you're out for two weeks. Like there's just, I feel like, like you said, there's too many variables to account for for mm-hmm. a week at, or for a month at a time. Whereas you know, I, what I like to do is have a plan for the week and then be very um, adjustable by day. Yeah, so I think for that to work, like if, if people are writing out these templates and Which, you know, these big, long workouts, I, I think that could work if there's a lot of communication between the coach and the athlete. So yeah. th- there again, I could if, if I wrote you something out for three weeks from now, I would still have to be in communication with you like, hey, man, how's it going this week? You know what I mean? And you might have to auto-regulate that shit. And uh, the reason I don't like to do that as well is because you've already seen those numbers. And if I'm like, okay, well, let's just do these low. So that could get in your brain too to be like, well, shit, that means you think I can't do these numbers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot of mental stuff that can play into this stuff when it comes to programming people. And you got to be careful because I don't care how physically ready people are. If they're mentally screwed somewhere, they're as good as screwed. You know what I mean? They're like, they're fucked, dude. Yeah, I don't like They're beat already. I'm I'm in the same way. I don't like letting them see what they got to do for the whole week. Like, cause, mm-hmm. cause then it's it, yeah, it's oh, all right, so, you know, Monday squat day. I'm gonna get my shit kicked in, and then fuck, I got to do this heavy ass shit on mm-hmm. Thursday. So they're already walking in the Monday, fucked right. in the head. Yeah, so you, you with a lot of athletes, you got to be careful with that. And there again, you know, some people may respond to having a month worth and seeing exactly where they got to go. Everybody's different. But in my, you know, my opinion, my experience for the most part, that's not how it works for, you know, for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think any program can be successful for any athlete if they want it to be, you know, it's just, yeah, you've seen your fair share of failures and successes. So you got to do what's well, you feel is, Oh, Jesus. What is the most successful for you and your people? I think one of the most key things I see missing in, in most people's training is the honest to God's truth is the lack of like intensity. Um, let's say you have your workout or your training written out for you and people are they're just there just to kind of scrape by, get these numbers in. And there's no intensity. And this is, like I said, this is my thinking. Mm. I like to be able to turn that switch if I have to. And for, I don't know how some people do it. I know how I do it. You know what I mean? I drive, I'm driven off a lot of pure hatred and anger. dude. <laughs> so it's very easy for me. Vanilla Grill t-shirt yeah, coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> it's the truth, man. And But that's just the way I operate. So how other people do it, I don't know. But I know that some people damn sure need to figure it out because I, I see a ton of people, man, that just come in and they, they get the work in and that's about it. You know what I mean? It's not – they're not like busting their ass. They're not really going at it. They're just kind of getting – they're just punching the clock. You know what I mean? And yeah. sometimes that's good. You know, uh, I do that in the off season. You know what I mean? I just kind of let my – I have fun lifting. You know, I'm not serious about numbers and I just punch the clock. But, you know, in my opinion, when it's when it's time to go – you better know the difference and your body better know the difference. Your mind better know the difference. You know what I mean? Like it needs yeah. to be like, this is different now. And that's why you can't train balls at a wall wide open 365 because it starts to become the norm and the, the mind doesn't understand it anymore. You know what I mean? It, it gets watered down. So yeah, I, I try to save that shit for when it's time to really squeeze that trigger. Then, you know, you need your body and your mind needs to know that this is different 
we need to bust our ass for this amount of time. And trust me, you know, after the Arnold this year, I'm going to take a big break and just have fun and, you know, do more stuff on the weekends and, you know, just, you know, more stuff with my family, whatever, you know, just and live life train anymore. Yeah. And I don't, I don't stop training or anything, but I don't do these high ass percentages year round. I'll let my body come around, especially, you know, the older you get, you, you, you have to start looking at things differently. So I think, I don't know. I, one of the ahead. things that can help people with that is finding like a, I don't want to say serious or even hardcore, but a solid, solid training partners. And that's not to say you need to train every fucking time together, but enough that, all right, I need to turn it on. Like, yes, I, you know, this is where we need to go. And, um, you know, so like, you know, you can all joke around and stuff, but then when it's time and like, or a certain number hits the, the bar, then it's like, all right, it's fucking go time. And everyone's into it, psyched and fucking ready to go. Like-minded people, man, is so important. And that's, that's a good point, man. Um, you know, we, we talked about a lot here already here, you know what I mean? But yeah, something to be said, man, about a good crew. And if you see like at these comps and you'll see it usually, you'll see some crews roll in. And if you see like groups of guys or groups of girls and multiple people are winning and that you, you might want to look in to see what they're doing to see if you can get in there yeah. or at least, you know, get some information and some know-how or some training sessions in with these people to see what's different. And typically that atmosphere is going to be different. You got people that, like you said, are, are going to have a good time. And, but when it's time to not fuck around that, you know, you want to be with like-minded people that really want to win. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's, that's with anything in life. And it's damn sure that way in sports. Um, good for instance, I mean, tonight, uh, Alan came down and pulled with us tonight. It was just, it just, somebody else can bring just new life to the group. You know what I mean? Sure. And, uh, that makes a huge difference. And, and for most people, you know, I, I, dude, I've even seen guys, you know, in the sport that always train alone and they do well. That's not for a lot of people. <laughs> to me, that's a special, that takes a special, I think it was a, <laughs> that's a special kind of hate. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, that gag that guy, that 175 is strong as hell. Trains in the snow by himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely trains by himself all the time up north. And when the guy shows up, it's just a bloodbath, dude. The guy <laughs> does it very well. Yeah, he's strong as hell. Uh, Tom Matoffis, you remember him, a lightweight pro. He used to live down here as well. Mm-hmm. Training by himself in his garage, dude. It's like, and, 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 you know, some people have to make that work. And that's okay, too. But I think for the most part, I have seen just the benefit of training with a really good group of guys you know, if I can get in there and train with some some pros and some heavyweight pros of guys that are stronger than me, it's just going to tag me along with them. You know what I mean? It's going to tow me along too, and hopefully I can do the same thing for people as far as just, you know, what I bring to the table, even um, even if it's just like intense-wise. You know, intensity yeah. is huge too. I mean, you, you don't have to have guys that are around you necessarily all the time that are stronger than you, but if they have intensity to them and they can push you along – that's just as that works just as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it all makes a big difference. And um, I think the sport is getting big enough where you can you can reach out. Usually, most people, not all, you know, I don't know everybody's situation, states, different states, and stuff like that. But I know in Florida, if you're willing to drive a little bit, you can find a good crew to train with. A hundred percent in the yeah. state, no matter where you live. Now, you like I said, you might have to do a little sacrifice and then drive. Big deal. You know, what I mean, I hear people talk that shit too. Like, wow. There's a better gym for me, but it's 30 minutes away. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's like, dude, yeah, dude, I used to drive, you know, to, to Alan's place, which is about an hour away from me two to three times a week. And I didn't think nothing about it. Cause I knew this is where I need to be. Like, if I'm going to get stronger, this is what I have to do. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it pays off every time. You know what I mean? Just take those drives. And, and I, I do see that a lot more now. I see a lot of people getting around, you know, guys coming up this way from down South or, uh, from wherever, you know, guys that are kind of just getting in at some of these satellite gyms for them and, and getting really good training in. And sometimes it is, you know, there again, it, to break up the monotony of your own place, it's good to kind of just travel and, you know, see new things and use equipment maybe that you don't have, you know what I mean? So it's definitely evolving as it, you know, as a year goes. The, the sport's definitely growing. It's not at a huge pace, you know, because not everybody wants to do this shit, but 
is definitely way bigger than from when I started. Yeah. And, you know, now it's getting to the point where powerlifting, strongman are getting, I'd say powerlifting is definitely way more popular than strongman at this point. Um, but you're, let's face it, you're doing the same kind of training except for Saturdays. And, absolutely, you know, you can still train with a group of guys that don't necessarily do strongman, yes. just want to fucking lift heavy and will push you. And that's really what it boils down to. So, <clears throat> yeah. And, and that's, that's definitely the case at my place as well. A lot more, there's a lot more powerlifters in my gym or strongman competitors. Yeah. But we all train together during the week and it's, it's great. You know what I mean? Cause those guys right now, a lot of these guys are getting ready for powerlifting meets at the same time. We're getting ready for strongman meets. So it all, it all works. You yeah. know what I mean, you jump in and squat with these guys, you know, or if you're doing overheads, if they're doing overheads, you know, whatever, you know, just, uh, it, it definitely works. I mean, you just pick and choose what you got to do and, start being as smart as you can with it. You know what I mean? And as efficient as you can for training. Yeah. I will say it's probably one thing that I am missing right about now is getting that good training group for me. It's been a while since I even trained with anyone. So I don't even know if I would know how to anymore. <laughs> I've basically been yelling at myself in the garage and freaking out my neighbors, yeah. which I love because they never come talk to me. So well, sometimes you know, that works too. That that's that's awesome to know that <laughs> this this house is just full of rage and and hate. Yes, pure uncut hate. <laughs> just pure hatred, <laughs> pure rage. Just <laughs> whatever you got to do. It's, it's why I only play satanic music and have red lights in the garage. Well, is there anything else? There's nothing else. <laughs> There's nothing else in life. No other options. Yeah, no other <laughs> options. But yeah, man. But I mean, that's maybe a little bit of insight. I mean, just for, you know, kind of what we do and, yeah. um, and everybody's different, man. I, you know, I've, I've trained at a bunch of different gyms and I've seen some shit that I totally don't agree with, but if it works for them, that's fine too. And, uh, I'm sure they, they could look at me and do the same thing. Like I don't agree with it and that's fine. You know, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to do what I do, but, um, I don't think any of this shit is a big secret. You know what I mean? Nobody's reinventing the wheel here when it comes to training and um you know programming and stuff like that and i'm like i said I'll, I'll say it again i'm a firm believer in you could take the most simple program on the earth and somebody attacks that with just crazy intensity and drive that person's going to beat you every time i don't care what scientific program you have written out <laughs> you go in that half ass uh, it, it's not going to matter man no way that's you know if, if that became a fucking selling tactic now is oh science-based or science proven mm -hmm. methods or whatnot and it's just like that's it's a fucking selling boring selling tactic to make people feel mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's safe or or oh there there's science behind it and it's like mm -hmm. when you get into the nitty-gritty of it half the time i don't think there's science in any of it it's just a, a cut and cut copy paste of something that mm. maybe they were even given or that they stole from someone else. Well, hopefully people are smart enough to really look and see, you know, I, I want to see something that's like really battle tested where I could see like, Hey, this guy used this method and a dude won the last two America's strongest man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something that has some kind of proof behind it, you know, cause I could tell you whatever you want to hear. And that's what a lot of these People do. Some coaches do that as well. And then there's, they haven't produced anything. So it's like, eh. or they haven't done anything themselves. So you got to be careful when it comes to that stuff, especially with, you know, all the information that's out there now, you just got to kind of sift through the shit yourself and, and hopefully look at it realistically and be smart about it. But you didn't because you're stupid. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that we've gone through that deep science dive and dropped some yeah. knowledge for your bitch ass, bitch asses. Going off the rails. Fuck. Going I, off the rails. I, it's, it, we got to leave now because I can't even talk anymore. Yeah, you're pretty dumb, dude. You're not wrong, you know. <laughs> you're really shitting this podcast. <laughs> you're really <laughs> shitting the bed with this. I don't know if you can do this or not, but if you could edit everything that you say out, <laughs> that would be great. 
That'd be great. <laughs> it's just going to be when you speak and then long, boo. Hey, still be better than hearing you talk. Wow. Hurtful. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do the exact reverse and beep out everything you say. No one will listen then. No one. <laughs> That's not true. My mom will listen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you want to keep up with the podcast, check us out on, honestly, Instagram. That's where we're the most active at Gorilla Strength Podcast. Go on to Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone, which most of you should, unless you're an idiot and have a <laughs> droid. That's super cool. Looking at you, Lou. And uh, rate us, leave leave a review, and help <laughs> us climb these podcast towers of greatness. And Any to, day now. And soon, I heard uh, our Joe Rogan contract's coming in soon. So, Of course. We got that going for us. <laughs> Ready to ink that up. <laughs> in blood. <laughs> Toots!